The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya. And we're going to talk about the reasons to have some physical assets in your portfolio as opposed to paper assets, especially as the currencies are declining. However, one currency that is not declining recently is the U.S. dollar. It's been climbing and it's make, putting some pressure. Well, the narrative is that it's putting pressure on the gold market, Jerry. And so far this year in U.S. dollars, um, the price of gold as I'm looking at the chart, is down 8.5% year-to-date. Um, it's hanging in there in many other currencies, and as you purchase physical gold in Canadian dollars with Canadian dollars that are worth less against the U.S. dollar now, um, the price hasn't changed all that much. But let's talk about where we are in terms of the pricing right now on gold and silver. Is there much more room to the downside that these that, that these markets can go? I don't, I personally don't think so. And there was a um, a consortium, a, a I guess a a summit on about gold and silver um, with some fund managers, some you know big CEOs of hundreds of mining companies, some bank analysts, top geologists, and they had the discussion about. Short, medium, long term. So short term, knowing that uh, the federal—it's really centered around what the U.S. Federal Reserve does at this moment. As Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, made it clear last month's uh, during at last month's meeting that they're going to have to remain as aggressive as possible at the Jackson Hole Wyoming meeting um, about raising interest rates. The CPI rate uh, came out a lot higher than anticipated, so they were forced. Uh, that forces their hand to become very aggressive and talk up the U.S. dollar. And the dollar index, which is what the U.S. dollar is measured in versus a basket of currencies, is up to over 111, which is at nosebleed levels when it comes to U.S. dollar strength versus all the major currencies. And the consensus is, in my in my medium term, I do believe that uh, that gold will have some short-term weakness because of rate hikes and that's the only thing really pushing metals down the major headwind is this rising u.s dollar gold is negatively correlated to the dixie the dollar index so that's very important to know that it is just a algorithm pushing and at the same time we have to look at what what is what is going on with the bullion banks the bullion banks have been involved in a lot of derivatives they have increased the the size and the creation of so many of these precious metals derivatives, creating supply for the purpose of pushing prices down so that they can achieve and pull the metal out and they can acquire the physical precious metals that they do need, the silver and gold. So very short term, I think uh, we'll see some headwinds on precious metals for now. That's you know one, two months, not a whole lot because we have rate hikes in, in October and, or sorry, in October for Canada. November for the U.S. and we'll see. I think that could be the pause and pivot at that point. So the takeaway there is there's two aspects you're saying. The first is 
that the the t the talk from the central banks pushing the dollar higher, which is going to be weak on physical gold, and the second being that there is a run to grab physical metal off the exchanges or anywhere where these entities can get it, and that the 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 game is on to to gather as much physical as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. In other words. These entities, these commercial banks that typically would would pile on the the short positions, pile on the leverage, um, they usually would have done that to just gain market, right? Uh, to to using that in air quotes, game the market, to gain on the market and basically trade the market and try to make money off the derivatives. Now they're saying, no, no, we actually need the physical stuff, so we're we're gaming the market the same way but we want to get the actual physical product in our hands. And, and you can see that article after article, um, expert after expert in interviews, they're all talking the same thing. These major players in the background are all trying to get the physical as fast as humanly possible before the music stops. <laughs> so in my mind, I see this as uh, a little reprise, a little reprieve rather, moment in time where you're able to just get the get the metal at this point sub eighteen hundred dollars on gold and sub twenty dollars on silver on us dollars before the run-up the next run-up which when you look at the moves on the comex for example which we'll get into in just a moment you do wonder i've said it and now i'm hearing many other people say it jerry that when the time comes that that the sort of the thumb comes off the button on the silver market, you won't be able to buy in. Mm -hmm. So it's buy now or or forever forever hold paper. That's right. Um, what are your thoughts on that? So it's very important when we're looking at precious metals for the first time, uh, you know, for the first time holder or someone coming into the market, and we talk about the fundamentals here at Guildhall, we try to break down the why for precious metals and we talk about the four pillars or the four fundamental reasons for precious metals and we just named two we talk about currency devaluation inflation supply and demand and geopolitical risk those are the four pillars that we have been discussing for since 2008 since the launch of the real money show we've been sounding like a broken record over and over again inflation currency devaluation and what we're talking about here with rate hikes it's inflationary. It's because of inflation, they need to raise interest rates to the point where they can't raise it anymore until something really snaps and breaks. And we're also talking about supply and demand when there is a need for the, for the product and with there is, when there is lack of supply. There's a huge drain happening at this moment from from the domestic side of things here in North America. And there's also a drain moving metals from the West to the East, to the new exchange, from the old exchange, the old legacy system of the COMEX and the LBMA, the London Metals Exchange, and it's moving eastward to the Moscow World Exchange. So there's two drains happening at a rapid pace. And Keith Newmeyer, who is the CEO of First Majestic Silver, said this about supply and demand and why prices are going to hit triple digits in silver. This will be in play once manufacturers, when people that require it, when the companies that need silver, because again, silver is in, is found in every single 
industrial application almost. It's when these manufacturers realize they can't get the silver they need to make products, Jeremy. And that creates this psychological panic. When you realize I can't get enough, when I can't get my toilet paper, I run, I run, I get three packs. So that's what's happening. When you realize you can't get it, it'll take a little bit more than what you really needed. Yeah, I, my personal theory on that is that part of the, the paper game of the derivatives was predicated on the industrial side getting their product. So as long as, as, long as the, uh, the, the industrial side was getting their physical product, that they could call up who they needed to call and get the physical product to put into their products, then who cares? They, they don't care what the price is. If it's lower, great for, they, good for that. Now it is a price, when we're talking about silver, it's price inelastic, meaning if the price does go to $300 an ounce, it's not as though a computer manufacturer stops using silver. They still need to put silver in to their their gadgets and to, uh, technologies, but it's such a small amount to begin with that if the price balloons on one item that's that you're using a small amount of, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? So you need to put it in no matter what. So you could take solar power, for instance, which demand for solar power is up something like 15% in 2022, but maybe the solar power is getting better, so you're using a little bit less but if the price went through the roof, you still need to put the silver in there. You're not going to switch over to copper, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So to, to your point, if the industrial side stops getting their supply and they're saying, what's going on? And they have to go somewhere else for the supply, then now they're, now they're on our side. Now they're on the, we're getting the physical, we need to get the physical and now we're wondering where the price is on the physical. Do you see what I'm saying? It's of like, course. As soon as they're affected by the by not getting the physical product, they put the pressure on the people who've been who've been playing these paper games. And now everybody wants it. And so, how long can you keep the paper scam going? the The theory right now is that the the market is being used to get the physical product out of the only place that's left, which is the ETFs. So they're trying to demoralize the price to get the ETF holders to sell their shares in the ETF so that so that the physical product has to be brought back, has to be taken out of the ETFs. And then now it's available for a commercial entity, a commercial bank or a bullion bank to acquire that. Mm-hmm. That's that seems to be the consensus out there. We've got about a minute and a half left. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, with the fundamentals showing very strongly from the producers to the wholesalers, uh, even in investors who want less paper exposure, when the when the paper and the criminal the criminality behind the paper markets cease to exist, you better have the physical. And all of the fundamentals add up for acquiring the physical bullion. As the as the bullion banks want to go that way too, they want to acquire the physical bullion so they don't default or they can they can hold it off as fast as possible. Um, price is strictly psychological at this point to first dissuade any new buying and then further to hopefully anyone holding the ETF to sell their position to to stave off some time and to shore up some time for the for the um for the bullion banks and the exchanges so it's um it's a game of chicken and i think um you know if you're holding the physical and you're holding it beyond if you can hold it beyond this 2 3 year period you'll be in great shape 
The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. We'll stick on this subject in the next segment. It's the Real Money Show on AM six forty. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about where the current paper price of the physical gold and silver market is and trying to help our listeners with the psychology of this market and understanding that there's more to what's going on in the market than just what you're seeing on on the computer screen or just seeing the price in general there's a lot of moves going on behind the scenes from a from a, a big perspective like global moves with central banks and the accumulate the continued accumulation of physical gold globally entities globally down to what's happening at the retail level with physical demand i get a call i get calls often jerry people saying how's your how's your supply how's your supply um it's okay right now but i do feel constantly that when the when the lid comes off this market it is going to be very tough there are there are people out there who think that when the fed pivots it will be for the last time. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's that pretty much will sum up the the last Fed move, and I think that can really sum up uh, their resume. I mean, that would be end. That would be to me a central bank failure and a failure that I don't know how they can really recover from that sort of a failure to not only lose on the inflation fight, lose on the employment fight, and then now have as we discussed last week, where you are now exposed to operating losses for the first time, the Fed is actually right now, since Wednesday, which was the Federal Reserve interest rate hike, the U.S. Fed raised 75 basis points, pushing their overnight lending rate to 3.25%, which is above the 27 That would be their threshold where the Federal Reserve starts to lose money or start reporting operating losses. So how far can they really go before they lose too much? Something's going to break again, going back to the Federal Reserve, going back to breaking. It could be the Fed, but it's it's something that they won't be able to to really recover from, in my opinion, Jeremy, the central bank. Yeah, I, look, there there's going to be printing at some point. That's the way they go. They end up going with money printing. They'd rather go the inflationary route because people don't understand inflation as much then go with the raising interest rates trying to save the dollar route. So um, it's much easier to take the to take the inflationary route and just print money and, and then you don't see it happening. But when you're raising interest rates, you do see it. You feel it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's feeling it. It's starting to feel like a boa constrictor on the economy and individuals' pocketbooks. And uh, at some point, that's that's got to stop. And when it does, the Fed's just going to go back to money printing. And when they do, it's over. It's, mm-hmm. it's over. So although I do wonder a little bit with the changing tide of the political structure in the U.S. that if a whole bunch of Republicans who aren't rhinos, who let's call them, you know, MAGA Republicans go into Congress and say, you know what, we're not going to mandate the Fed. That's right. That. You know, the Fed's reason for existence is because Congress allows it. So if, with the right with the right uh, backing, Congress could change that. 
And if and if their constituents say we don't want the Fed anymore, then it could be changed. Yep. Right. This goes back to the Wizard of Oz: click your heels three times, and Federal Reserve Chairman always push it back on Congress and say, well, you know, like we're mandated by Congress, mm-hmm. right? Um, now they don't want to get they don't want to let go of their power. They will not. They don't want to let go. Fight. That's right. Um, they like to use they like to use uh, panics take advantage, crisis to take advantage. The problem, of course, with crisis is if you used a crisis to gain power, then you constantly need crises mm-hmm. to maintain your power. Right. And people are, people are pretty exhausted by, by crises mm-hmm. at this point. Yes. I think they want to be done with everything. So I digress, Jerry. Getting back into the precious metals market and the supply-demand side, um, it has been tough as the price comes down. You've got to keep buying more and more product. It's not just you don't buy the product today and it shows up tomorrow. You're waiting months for product. You know, we're getting deliveries on product that we paid for months ago, months mm-hmm. and months ago. And then yeah. you're selling it at the lower price and then rebooking. Yeah. Right. And and big alert actually for today. We're recording the show on Friday and just mentioned, yeah, it has been pretty easy for Paul to acquire and maintain supply, which he has done with with just expertise. The, the way that this man can really operate and acquire the metal to ensure that all of these RSPs are funded with metals, it's amazing. But actually, once the silver broke, I think it was a 1680 mark today, we went on the phone trying to buy some RCM gold. The wholesalers removed RCM off I think we were just left with LBMA product, so we don't know if what type of brand it would be. So just like that in an instant, you have prices breaking to a point where the wholesalers may not want to sell at these particular prices, or they're not getting the product from from the refiners, from the from the supply side. That's, so the entire chain, we have to figure out why we're not getting the product, but it's indicative of tightening supplies right back to the ground. Keith Newmeyer talks about this. Mines are seeing less and less silver coming out of the ground. It's economics one-on-one. It will come to a point where that breaks as well. So just in, just like that, you know, one day we had ease of supply and then one day it's just not that easy anymore, Jeremy. Uh, speaking of, of, of economics 101, uh, Steve Penny, who's a, a chartist, he was on Wall Street Silver this week. Um, and they put together great videos, and they're, they're never too long, 15, 20 minutes. Um, he was saying that in the U.S., and you can find this out. You just go to the debt clock, right, U.S. debt clock. Uh, they take in $3 trillion in taxes. If rates were raised to 10%, on $30 trillion, which the, the debt in the U.S. is now just about $31 trillion, 10% on $30 trillion is $3 trillion in just servicing the debt. And that is the entire tax base of the U.S. That means no spending on military, no spending on Medicare, all of these unfunded liabilities. What are you going to do? Just go into further debt? At some point, you got to pay, which means at some point you're going to default on these or monetize the debt, mm-hmm. right? So he's just saying the math is super clear. You can't keep raising rates. Mm-hmm. There's a limit because you you're you only have a certain tax base. That's right. And you can't spend it all on servicing debt. Mm-hmm. But this is the whole problem, Jerry. We've talked about this, buddy. We've talked about <laughs> this 
for forever. They, it seems, yeah. They hooked you on the monetary methadone. They hooked you at zero interest rate. And Mark Carney used to come out and say, we're going to lower interest rates, but that doesn't mean you go out and borrow. No, it did. It meant everybody went out and borrowed money. 100%. Everybody. Everybody, They went out, FOMO, I need that house. Now. FOMO. And they they went out, they got $800,000 mortgages, which are now coming due, and they have to turn over from 1% up to Mm 4.5%. Right? Nobody knows what's going on in the real estate market. They don't know if they should buy, if they shouldn't buy. The prices have come down two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and people are people are sitting there going, "No, I need to sell at this price. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have a choice." It's getting it's getting crazy, and every month, yes, every month, a new loan matures on some neighbor somewhere, and and at what point do they say uh, that the boa constrictor is it? It I can't breathe anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's and it's not just the mortgage people, right? You had a line of credit to keep your business alive during COVID, and you took you took money from the government. Okay, fine, that helped. Although now it didn't help, did it? For every single person who took money from the government, did it help? Did it help you when you're paying fifteen percent more for your groceries? Why are you paying fifteen percent more for your groceries? Because you took the money. Mm-hmm. You took it. But the Bank of Canada, just over the past week, I mean, if you follow the Bank of Canada on Twitter, they had a hashtag going around, ask me anything. And people were questioning, well, where, where did the inflation come from? Did you, did you print the money? Are you guys, the Bank of Canada said, no, we did not print the money. And well, just the conversation had to end. Yeah, it, they're just pe- being disingenuous. It was just, and I mean, no one is buying what they're saying. The central banks around the world, the people are seeing through the debt creation. The reason why central banks were created was to enslave people through the creation of the currency. They're taking away the power from the people and taking it and, and making a, a state bank and charge the interest on that debt, on that money creation. It is criminal. Open the books, audit the Federal Reserve, see, what they, see where the money's flowing. And who benefited from the uh, the COVID relief funds? People, we people, the people were not the one hundred percent recipients of the relief. These funds went elsewhere. They went into funds. A lot of bailouts happened with the, in the last two years. Okay, okay, I won't blame people who took the money from the government. But let's be honest: there's no free lunch. No. Look at look at um, student loans. Okay, they want to in the states are forgiving student loans. Um, why were tuitions rising in the first place? Because people got student loans. If the students are getting, quote unquote, basically free money to go, they don't have any credit. They're getting a student. Oh, you going to school? Okay, we'll give you credit. Well, why do you think the rates at, at tuitions at school were going up in the first place? Because all the students were getting loans. Mm-hmm. So the, it was a given the schools would raise the tuition. That's right. And now you have to forgive the t- you have to forgive the <laughs> loans. What if they just never took the loans in the first place? Mm-hmm. Then it would have stayed affordable because the 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 market would have figured it out. But don't the worry, we have a taxpayer. The, the taxpayers will, bla- will, will, yeah, all will bail everyone out. Listen, you need to hedge against inflation. You want an inflation rebate? You hold physical precious metals, gold and silver have been around for thousands of years. They are money. 
Currencies do not retain value. Currencies are dying right now. They all go to zero eventually. Gold and silver, though they've been currencies in the past, because they're divisible and they're units of exchange, etc., they retain value. They are precious. And it's going to happen again soon. They will be known for what they are. They are precious. I got to tell you, Jerry, $1,700 is not, much, is not very precious. Doesn't, no. doesn't sound very precious. And 20 bucks, $18, sounds even less. I can barely buy a magazine and a latte for, I mean, okay, we don't really buy magazines <laughs> these days. But you get the drift. I do. Um, you can't do that for, for 20 bucks these days. One day, these, these metals, their price will reflect their preciousness. It will absolutely reflect. So you have to have the physical, not paper. People think, oh, I can take delivery of my product from the ETF. Oh, yeah? In a crisis, do you think they're going to let it go? You think you're a big enough investor that in a crisis they're going to say, oh, yeah, you can redeem that. Mm -mm. We'll let you take that. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. That's when you find out whether or not it's really yours. Don't wait for that to happen. These markets are going to take off. It's going to be biblical. Mm -hmm. And you need to have the physical product before it happens. That's right. Not try to rush into this market when the price of silver is $50 and there's no product coming out anywhere. I mean, you've got to think. If the price is down and people, it, apparently people don't like to buy low. They like to buy high. Though there's a lot of critical thinking people who are buying these days. True. But it's nowhere near the masses. They have not entered this market. And when they do... Good luck getting product. That's you got to right. get now. You have to have the physical in your portfolio. And you can do it direct and you can do it uh, through your RSP. You just give us a call. one silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. And if you want to pick up a few bars or coins, go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. Great place to get started. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. It's happening. Inflation's happening. The money printing is not going to stop. Even if it's come down a little bit from where it was, they're saying even, Jerry, that the Fed's going to try <laughs> quantitative tightening, which is a joke. They tried it in 2018, and they could barely get that that uh, plane off the ground before they had to reverse course. So I don't know how they do it. They couldn't do it at $4 trillion on the balance sheet. I'm not sure how they're going to do it at $8 trillion on the balance sheet. So the whole thing's a stupid joke, and they can keep talking, but you still need to protect your wealth. And you can sit there and say, oh, I don't like the price of gold and silver where they are right now. Although from, from a risk reward standpoint, they don't get to look any better. So if you have it, great, keep it. It's going to be amazing. And if you've never purchased for the first time, this is a great time to do it. Now, we've been absolutely on fire this week. Um, it's, been, it's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy with what's been happening in the market, and everybody seems to want to get involved and get some physical gold. Um, they're worried about what's happening next in the market. What do you think is, is really the biggest concerns that people have? Is it just that they're losing the value of their purchasing power so quickly? It has to do with that, with the rising prices. You obviously question why is everything going up, um, and then the 
we're being told that inflation is just at 8% when things are going up in contrast a lot higher than 8%. So, you know, you start questioning the official commentary from the Bank of Canada, question the commentary from the media um, and, and, and how they're trying to sugarcoat things. But people are hurting at this moment. If you're not making enough, your wages are not keeping up with the cost of living. And I think the squeeze in the cost of living and, and causing people to change their lifestyle, make changes and start different budgets and sacrifice and here and there, um, it really starts to open up your lifestyle, I but, mean, the, the way you live. But what would you say to someone who's frustrated because they would expect in a kind of a binary way that gold should be going up right now? Silver should be going up right now. I should be getting that inflation rebate this minute, not not next week, not next month, not a year from now. I need it now. There is always a delay. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I think it's very important to remind um, remind listeners, remind um, people that are looking at the market and are holding precious metals, is that gold and silver do perform. And they historically perform well in both recessions and stock market crashes. Crashes, And of course, any monetary event will be positive for gold. And we have an array of geopolitical concerns, monetary concerns, recessionary fears, stock market issues. This is where gold performs. So yeah, if this is happening, therefore gold should be performing, especially with inflation riding 40-year highs in the U.S. Of course. There is always a pause. There is always a coiling effect in gold and silver. And this goes back decades. You have a coiling. You have a weight. Inflation's already high. What's going on, gold? How come you're not waking up? Well, it's a sleeping giant. It's coiling. Silver is coiling even further. It's probably below. And just at that point, you're not coming back. It's not turning around. We're entering into a new super cycle in precious metals, one that we haven't seen. And the charts still confirm the, the the participation coming into the market confirms and the drain on physical inventories confirm. Yeah, I think it's similar to something that Peter Schiff, you kind of get a vibe from him when you listen to his podcast and whatnot. It's this idea that the narrative's being bought by the overall market. And when they finally figure out that the, that the narrative from the Fed isn't what it actually is, then they get this slap in the face, wake up call, and they have to make those changes. So right now, like maybe the Fed is somehow giving people the impression that they're going to get away with this, right? We know better huh. because Bernanke couldn't see the subprime crisis. Um, Jerome Powell didn't think that – he said inflation was transitory. So I don't know why anybody believes them at all, but this is going to happen in a big, big way. And now the, the bigger question is where do you think the prices of gold and silver are headed? Do you think Newmeyer is right that $300 silver is, is in the future or does it really even matter – because if the dollar is worthless, then gold becomes priceless. What it, where, where does gold go? How, how much wealth do you get with the increasing purchasing power of gold over the next, say, three years? Well, I, my, my opinions aside, we have, uh, we, again, Jeff Clark, he came back from the Beaver Creek summer talking about gold and silver, sharing opinions from bank analysts, geologists, CEOs, hundreds of CEOs of mining companies and institutional investors and fund managers who all see, who have the same consensus in the next, in the beyond three months, gold will start another uptrend when the Fed pauses. There is a consensus that there comes a point where the Federal Reserve cannot raise interest rates. And when they pause 
and pivot because something is about to break. What can break? It could be a recession, a stock market crash, they cite, a credit crisis, or money, pin money printing to pay higher interest on the debt, or a black swan event, something unforeseen that hits the economy or the markets. The survey was clear. Something's going to break. And then the consensus is due to the pause itself, but also due to whatever breaks, gold will start performing and start the breakout in about three to four months. The number one eight seven seven eight silver in the website guildhallwealth.com. This is why it's important to have the actual physical asset, and this why this is why the timing is so important. Now you want to be able to get into the market now, today, and there's lots of ways to get involved. If you've never purchased, we definitely encourage you to start small. I know sometimes it feels like we want to rush into the market and and maybe even purchase every dime that we were considering putting in, putting it in right away. But it's important to kind of Put a toe in the water, get a feel, see how see how it actually works, uh, making that first purchase, and then you know go from crawling, walking, running, and that could happen quickly. But it's important to to gain confidence, and the way you do that is by being comfortable with what you're doing. So start small. Comfort breeds confidence. This is a physical market. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And I know that these debts seem like they will never matter, but they are starting to matter. Jerry, the interest rates are rising and people are starting to feel it. So now the debts are actually starting to matter. We need to have that physical asset that has no counterparty risk that no one can touch. You own it. No one else owns it. We do that at Guildhall. Whether you're buying it direct, putting it into a depository, um, allocated, segregated account, or putting it into your RSP, a registered account, RSP, TFSA, Lira, Lyft, RIF, you can do that with Guildhall. We work with Quest Trade. IROC approved. They're a member of the Canadian Insurance Protection Fund. Your product is stored at Brinks, fully allocated, fully segregated, fully insured, backed by Lloyd's of London, and you get your itemized inventory report. It's basically a warehouse receipt. So give us a call. We'll show you how to do it. We'll help you get into the market and help you protect your wealth. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. And we're talking about physical assets. And it, it's not just physical gold and silver, it's all assets. You want to own assets right now. You don't want to be owning paper. And one of those assets is a natural fancy color diamond, which we have at Guildhall. Jerry, let the audience know a little bit about natural fancy color diamonds and, and what makes a Guildhall diamond special. Well, it's definitely the investment, uh, investment uh, world's greatest secret, in our opinion, a very rare asset one that mimics the ownership of precious metals where it's concentrated wealth specifically like gold um, it's a generational uh, wealth preserving asset one that you can pass on very easily to your next generation but it's an asset that honestly it's an anomaly it's an, almost a miracle that you have something this rare in the possession in your own possession now a guildhall diamond is an investment grade stone which means that we as far as the cut Clarity, color, and carat weight is concerned. The four C's of color diamonds, or four C's in diamonds are concerned. We push to the upper echelons of each category to ensure 
that we are entering into a, a investment-grade field. What makes an investment-grade stone? We will show you. We can show you how that works in a diamond discovery session where we can show you based on your budget what your tenure of hold would look like as long as you have the discipline to hold an asset. That This is not a quick, quick flip. If you can hold it for 7 to 10 to 15 years, this is an asset for you or pass it on to your children, to your children's children. This is an asset class that you need to have in your portfolio once you acquire your precious metals. If you are sitting in cash, your cash is getting burnt in the bank, and you want to convert that into a hard asset like gold, silver, and a natural fancy color diamond. Yeah, and I think the other thing is that it, it's a long-term investment. And I, you know, when it comes to precious metals, you can say it's long-term. You should always have 10 15% in your portfolio. But it can turn over. There can be parts of your portfolio that turn over. If, if the market, you know, how many times has, has silver been in the teens and gone up significantly? You know, we've seen it go to $50. We've seen it go to $31. So there's moments in time where you can make these, these adjustments in your portfolio. Whereas with a natural fancy colored diamond, you're, you're hanging on for the long term with it. Really, after a decade's time, you can see how it's an investment. You really start to see, oh, looking back, what, what the prices were and where they are now. Because they're so rare. We have a one carat, a little over one carat vivid yellow oval diamond. It's beautiful. It's got kind of a gold undertone to the yellow. It's gorgeous. You know that there's less than 20 of these diamonds that come to market every year? Less than 20. Somewhere between 13 and 18. Now that's not saying it's just, that's all, and all the Fancy Color Research Foundation is saying on that is that it's internally flawless and it's a vivid and it's an oval. Not that it's a, a, sh a shallow or deep oval or that it's a stubby looking oval mm -hmm. or a really long looking oval. You know, once General. you start to kind of what I would say handicap those to the to the one that appeals the most, that looks the best, and not just on paper, but in real life. Yeah. Now you got yourself a Guildhall diamond. The That's number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, before break, we were just talking about where the price of the metals can go. And my you know, back going back several years, people would say, Oh, it's gonna go to ten thousand. But that doesn't mean what it meant back then. $10,000 doesn't mean what it means back then. I like Bill Holter's idea that if the dollar's worthless, gold is priceless, and somewhere in between is what you're looking at. But um, you know, you can't fit an elephant into, the, into a mouse, uh, and the gold market is the mouse. So what happens when all the money starts trying to get out of currency because it's rapidly devaluing? And you know, it looks like it's rapidly devaluing now, but at 15% a year, that's not as rapid as it could be. Exactly. With regards to the purchasing power the, or the value of the currency, we're not seeing the, the rapid decline as we see in some other nations like Turkey or Argentina with rapid hyperinflation. The US dollar has that uh, the status of being the world's reserve currency. Therefore, um, they have uh, a little bit more of an appeal towards the US dollar for now. I mean, people, countries, the BRIC nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Saudi Arabia have begun trading in other currencies, really dumping the U.S. dollars. So this can pick up pace. But one thing that is, they're hanging on. They're hanging on with the rate hikes. The rate hikes is, is that glimmer of hope, that, that glimpse of life that you need. It's like the pulse. Where's the pulse? Oh, yes, the U.S. dollar is still alive because they're raising rates. The U.S. dollar index is up. Oh, yes, it's still alive. It's at 20-plus year highs. But there comes a point where 
the U.S. dollar, the U.S. Federal Reserve note, begins to use, lose its utility when countries stop using this dollar. When that trust is gone, you move on. And you move on for specific reasons, uh, for trade. But ultimately, if it's not being used in society, it's not being adopted, you just naturally move on. That's when you start seeing the U.S. dollar lose control and losing the world's reserve currency status. And we have to be ready for that pivot. We have to be ready with gold and silver, which, can, which is your conversion. That has the convertibilities into any major currency that you need, or the new one for that matter. You can, you're never cornered with gold and silver. He who has the gold makes the rules, and which means that you can turn and pivot at any moment in time to your safe haven, to another safe haven, or to another opportunity. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, you're right. Let's call the U.S. dollar today the U.S. reserve note. But the U.S. dollar could, could continue on in a new financial system. All they have to do is back it with gold. I mean, look at what happened with the Russian ruble. It doesn't take much to change things in an instant. Instantaneously, You could yeah. change it over a weekend. The question is, is if they were to back gold, what would that do to the price of gold? Or do they have to revalue gold before they do something like that? Either way, I think what your statement about the convertibility of gold and gold being the safe haven, it's basically your arc, right? It's your arc. And when the when the rain stops and the water subsides, you you had your arc. You survived. You were able to to withhold withstand the rain. And that's where we're at right now. You have home insurance, you have health insurance, um, you've got mortgage insurance. You need wealth insurance, and the best way to do that is with a hard asset like gold, like silver, or even consider a natural fancy colored diamond. So what we do at Guildhall is we help people to buy physical precious metals and own physical precious metals, whether they're taking delivery of that and self-storing the product or storing it on an allocated, segregated basis in a vault outside the banking system where they always have access to the product, or even within a registered account like an RSP, TFSA, if that's where your funds are, then use it. Protect yourself. Have some physical gold in that portfolio. Again, it's in an allocated account outside the banking system. The physical product outside the banking system at a vault will show you how to do it. We'll show you how to get involved in the market. And this is the time. Mm -hmm. You think risk-reward, you want to buy low. The difference is the stocks are all still very much overvalued, whereas gold and silver are oversold. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't get to look much better than this. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. want to thank everyone for joining us here on The Real Money Show, listening in, and we can't wait to speak to you next week here again on The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms. <laughs> 